Welcome to the Exam Room Rambles Podcast, where veterinarian Dr. Tracy Westergaard shares the same tips, opinions, and explanations she gives you in the exam room, only without barking dogs or hissing cats. We're really glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Exam Room Rambles. Today we have a cat episode. Yes, there are so many different holiday hazards for both cats and dogs, and some of them are actually different. So we're going to separate them, and this is dedicated to all you cat owners out there. So there are a ton of holiday hazards, but you know I like to keep these podcasts to less than 20 minutes, so I'm going to hit the big ones. Now you probably know all of these, you've heard them before. My goal is to just put them in a nice little package that you can listen to for 20 minutes while you're making dinner or unloading your dishwasher and doing a load of laundry. So the first one is plants. Now this really doesn't matter if they are live plants or fake plants. Both of them are actually hazardous. So the most common house plant that we think of around the holidays, at least that I do in the upper Midwest, is poinsettias. And they're actually not terribly toxic. Cats will chew on them. It'll often cause like a hypersalivation. They will drool, but it's not toxic in the point like a lily would be toxic and cause renal failure and potential death. So that's a little reassuring. If you want to have a live plant in your house at the holidays, poinsettia would be a safe but kind of risky choice. Other holiday plants that we think of that I have never seen alive in someone's home, but I'm not that bougie, (laughs) maybe you are, is mistletoe and holly. Those ones are actually toxic. Not as toxic as lilies, but still toxic. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if you can go into the Hy-Vee and buy mistletoe the way you can buy long stem roses or a poinsettia. But if you live someplace fancy and you have like a Bachman's or something nearby that you are going to buy mistletoe and holly and you are a cat owner, just don't. And you know what? Don't get the fake stuff either. But if you do, hang it up high where your cat can't reach it. So two other house plants that we tend to see at Christmas, one more than the other, that are actually pretty toxic are the amaryllis, which is a bulb. It's like a forced bulb. It's usually a big bulb like the size of a softball, and it kind of grows out two big leaves and a beautiful flower. Those are actually toxic to cats. Now that is such a big leaf. I can't imagine a cat eating it the way that they would eat like a smaller leaf, but they could chew on it. And of course, lilies. Lilies are so toxic. Some people do have lilies at Christmas, probably not as much as the Easter holidays um, and the spring holidays, but still just, just don't do it. So if you do want to decorate with plants and want that kind of fresh feeling in your house, you know, you can get some catnip or you can grow some wheatgrass. I don't know how festive that catnip and wheatgrass are, but if you're a cat lover, you could probably make something up super cute. Cats do like plants. They like to eat grass. It's a normal, healthy thing for them to do. And if you don't supply that to them, if they don't have access to that, they're going to chew on anything that even resembles it. It's something they do to kind of cleanse their GI tract. So I have taken pieces of fake plants out of cats before. That desire is so intense for them to chew and eat on plants that they will even eat something fake. So think twice about having like a fake plant 
displayed as a centerpiece if your cat can jump on the table and access this. If you still want to do a garland, and I actually do like a fake pine garland, I mount it high. I actually mount it above my windows and kind of drape it down. That's about as artsy and festive as I get. So moving on to people. <laughs> people are the second holiday hazard I'd like to talk about. And things that come along with people. One of them being food. People like to eat special treats at the holiday season. A lot of times there's big meals. Those meals can sometimes be greasy or they can be meals like turkey that we don't eat much of the rest of the year and we want to share those with our pets. There are certain chocolate, though most cats don't have a sweet tooth, that we have sitting around that we wouldn't the rest of the year. So just think about those things. Cats should eat cat food. If you want to treat your cat, they should have canned food. In fact, I th think they should have canned food several times a week, if not every day. That can be their special treat. If you're interested in what foods are safe for your pets, I think one of my early episodes were people food that you can safely feed pets. Go back and watch that. But if you do give your cat a piece of your turkey at Thanksgiving, one little bite. We know that these dramatic changes in foods can cause just good old-fashioned garbage gut or GI upset. And though that's not necessarily detrimental to your health, well, not your health, your pet's health, you still don't want your pet to go through that cramping and diarrhea and the lousy feeling. It's just no fun. The other thing we worry about with greasy foods or people foods that cats can get into is pancreatitis. And pancreatitis is actually pretty common in cats, only they hide it really well. And it can lead to things like diabetes and all sorts of other problems, fatty liver once they go off food. So avoid anything fatty with the cats and avoid any dramatic food change. People also carry medications with them around the holidays. If you have friends or relatives that are coming to stay at your house, who knows what medications they're on. Perhaps Aunt Edna drops her blood pressure pill and it's super tiny on the bathroom floor and she can't find it but the cat does. We do see that stuff. Honestly, it's one of the more common evening emergencies that we get is a pet ate a pill that they weren't supposed to. So along with Aunt Edna's pills is actually Aunt Edna, and she could be very stressful to your cat. Not everybody likes cats, and cats know that. <laughs> cats know, in fact, not just cats, horses, dogs, if there is someone that doesn't like animals, they can sense that, they can feel that energy, and that can be really stressful to them. If they're accustomed to being able to run through the house and you are restricting them, that could be a stressful thing. Now, you can prepare your cat for that, and I think you should. I think it's super important when you're having holiday guests or even non-holiday guests. If you have rowdy kids and their friends are over and your cat is somewhat introverted and doesn't like crazy preteens or teenagers, the cat should have a safe place to go where they're not going to be bothered, where they have access to their food, their water, and their litter box. Safe place should be something that you plan ahead of time and you practice or utilize on a regular basis. If you have never confined your cat to one room of the house with everything they need, the first time you do that, that in itself can be a stress. However, once you put them in a room, let's say it's your laundry room, or it could be an upstairs bedroom, a spare bedroom, 
Once they get an idea that everything they need is in there, their food, their water, their litter box, a comfortable place for them to be and feel safe, they are going to be better off in that room when you have guests over than running free in your house. Another thing that guests do is they can open doors. And if a cat is scared, even a cat that doesn't normally go outside or doesn't want to go outside, if something in the house is scarier than the outside world, they will go out that door and they will get lost. We see it all the time. And it's amazing how many people come in and say, my cat's been missing for three months and just came home and it's skin and bones. I want it checked out. Like that's a real thing that happens. Oh, my brother was staying with me and he let the cat out, didn't know it was an indoor only cat. What a heartbreaking thing to have your cat be missing for any amount of time. So if the cat is confined to their room or their basement laundry room with everything they need, when you have people coming and going, loading bags and presents or food in and out of their cars and people are holding doors for them, you just don't have to worry about your pet being a door dasher. The other thing Aunt Edna could do if you have a super duper friendly cat, not necessarily a scary cat, is Aunt Edna could trip on your cat if your cat is underfoot. There are cats out there that when you're in the kitchen making dinner, they are weaving in and out of your legs, they want attention, and you may love that. I actually love that. That's a great bonding time when my cat is in with me, and I love when she rubs on her legs. But I'm also used to that, and I've kind of learned to step around her. It's this little delicate cat dance we do. But if you have elderly people or even people that are just not as coordinated and they're not used to having a cat, a small dog, or a child or anything underfoot, that is a hazard. And again, like these are real things that happens to cats. We have seen so many hurt cats over the years because someone tripped on them. Yep, tripped on a cat getting out of bed, tripped on a cat in the kitchen, tripped on a cat carrying something up the stairs, and hurt the cat. So if you have someone that's going to be staying in your house, a family member, a friend, whatever, even if it's a super friendly cat that loves people, maybe it's safest to lock the cat up. One more thing I forgot to mention, kind of a side thought when I talked about cats that dash out the door and disappear, is microchip. A lot of people do not think to microchip their indoor cat. They think, heck, they're never going out. But it is important, and we can do it at any time. It doesn't matter if your cat is eight years old. We can microchip it. It's not something that has to be done as a kitten. We do have several successful stories of microchips in cats, honestly, more than dogs. In fact, I own a cat with a microchip in my barn. It's one of my barn cats that someone took the effort to display it, to neuter, to microchip registered the microchip to her name, kicked the cat out because she didn't want the cat anymore. I think it might have been inappropriate urination. Doesn't matter. The cat came through to the Marshall Pet Rescue through the city of Marshall impound, and we found it had a microchip. And we called this lady and said, hey, we found your cat because we read the microchip. And she's like, no, didn't want it, turned it out. Well, that was awful. Now, we tried to adopt that cat out. It went into another home and it didn't work. The cat is very much a cat that wants to be outside and live that lifestyle. And I have a situation where my cats can go in or out. And so she is living here at my house. Anyway, I need to move on with holiday hazards. 
The next big classification of holiday hazards is going to be decorations. And there are a lot of things under decorations. Tree, tinsels, honestly, plants probably could have gone under decorations. Electric cords, lights, boy, candles. So we're just going to go through and talk about a couple of those. The first one is the tree. Yeah, there are several different hazards that come with a tree. And I do know a lot of cat families that do not put trees up. I do put a tree up. My cat has never bothered it. Um, She's also an older cat and just isn't that athletic. But I remember as a kid having trees in our house and our cats knocking down the Christmas tree, like knocking it over to the ground on more than one occasion. In fact, my cat just came in the room. Hisser, can you meow? Kitty, kitty. Hisser, will you meow? She normally meows on command. I'm not going to do it for the guests today. So I have heard where people have been able to secure their tree to a wall or to a ceiling. Um, I guess I've never done that, but I know people have done it, especially if you have a super tall, narrow tree. I guess you have to do that anyway. So it doesn't matter if this is a live tree or a fake tree. They're both hazardous. We have had people that have come in with their cat puking and their cat is puking fake green pine needles off of their fake tree. Because again, just like with the fake plants, the cats had the desire to eat that. Where a real tree becomes a hazard is the water that you keep at the base. Cats like to drink and explore water. They have a really odd habits that I can't necessarily explain. But When you water the tree, pesticides, fertilizers, preservatives, all the things that are in that tree can actually leach into the water. And I don't understand how or why, but a lot of times they recommend that you put an aspirin in that water to help preserve your tree. I don't understand how that works. Not a live tree person, but don't do it. (laughs) Aspirin is so toxic to cats. So, so toxic that, um... Yeah, if you do do that, not the aspirin, but if you have a live tree with a water that you have to fill every day, find a way to cover it so that it is safe. And I don't think tinfoil is good enough. I think you're going to have to have some kind of plastic tray that completely keeps the cat out of the water. Tinfoil is probably just going to attract your cat. And next would be the decorations on the tree. And here's where you're going to have to know your pets. Tinsel and ribbon, if it's anything fine, I would just say no. Like, tinsel is too crinkly and shiny that cats can't resist. I can't tell you how many times we've taken tinsel out over the years, like as a foreign body, but it's been more than once. And of course, ribbon and string, that is a pretty regular foreign body. We have a couple of those a year. So if you are going to use some kind of garland on your tree... Make sure it doesn't look like a cat toy or don't use garland. Like, you don't have to. If you do use ribbon, use a big, wide, like, two-inch ribbon that you know a cat's going to consume. As far as lights and electric cords, I have never had a cat bite into one, but I had just a tragic, tragic situation probably five to ten years ago where a young cat, six months old, climbed up into the tree kind of half fell. And as it was coming down, it kind of got wrapped in the electrical cord around 
its waist just in front of its back legs and it must have struggled to get in and out of there and when the owners finally came home the cat was hanging in that tree and the cat was alive but it was so twisted up that it ended up affecting the circulation to the back half of the body and the bladder became necrotic and we ended up having to put that cat to sleep it must have struggled quite a bit to get out of the tree and in essence strangled the back half of its body just tragic so here's another example where if you have a safe place for your cat establish the laundry room a spare room when you're gone like if you want this beautiful tree with all these decorations i totally get it be festive awesome so when you leave and you're gone for work or at night when you go to bed if the cat doesn't sleep with you in your room put the cat in their room it's a safe place for them too many people let their cats just run free in their home all the time when it is full of hazards. Not nearly many as many dog people do that, but it's so common to just let your cat have free reign. I definitely do not let my cat have free reign. She only has access to the full house when we are home. Okay, I'm exaggerating. There are times where she has access to the house when we're home, but never long periods. Normally, when we go to work or if we're going to be gone, she goes to her safe space. So electric, electric cords, cats aren't as bad as chewing into them the way puppies are, but I think younger cats and kittens could do that. So another thing that I didn't mention with the plants are talking about a live Christmas tree or a pine tree or any kind of pine wreath is they set off a very strong smell. And it's a smell that we like, but I've been into people's homes when they have a fresh pine Christmas tree, and I walk through their door, and that smell is so overpowering. Imagine a dog or a cat with their very sensitive smell. I mean, they can smell like a thousand times better than we can. Imagine not being able to escape that smell. How stressful that would be, how uncomfortable. And cats need that sense of smell to smell their food to be able to eat it. I would think if you had any kind of Christmas tree smell, whether from an actual live pine tree or an artificial smell, that could be overpowering to cats. In fact, I'm not a fan of any kind of essential oils, any kind of potpourri, any kind of like Glade plug-in in any house with pets, period. If you want your house to smell good, like bake cookies every day or bake bread, have like some kind of smell that is an actual smell that is created, not something fake. Those Glad plugins, those potpourris, those are often just laden with chemicals and they're actually being volatilized into your home and breathing those in. Essential oils, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. And the reason I'm not a fan isn't because I don't believe in them. It's because most people are not diluting them and using them properly on their pets. Several essential oils are flat out toxic and corrosive to cats, ones that we use on our own body. And the way that we use essential oils for us is so different than you use them on an animal. But too many people that are, say, rubbing an essential oil diluted in whatever carrier on themselves, they think they can do that same thing on their pet. And you cannot Cats lick themselves. If you rub something toxic on them, they want it off. They will lick it off. And that includes essential oils. So um, 
yeah, sorry, went on a little tangent there. The last decoration I'm going to cover is candles. I'm not a fan of candles in a house. I've known too many people that have had fires. Yes, I have used candles when electricity is out and I don't have any batteries, but Lighting a candle for the scent in your house, A, like I said, the scent can bother your pet. But at least once a year, I see a cat that come in and their whiskers are gone or singed or something looks funny. And I say, hey, what, what happened to your cat? And they're like, oh, we had a candle on the table and it jumped on and got too close. Cats are curious. And until they've done that once, it's always a risk. I've spent enough time in the Hobby Lobby to know that there are very cool candle replacements that are little battery operated LEDs that flicker in the whole nine yards. They look legit. I would go that direction if you insist on having candles or it's part of your holiday tradition. But to actually set a candle burning on fire in your house with a cat just seems way too risky for me, both for like burning your house down or for like setting your cat on fire. So we are at 20 minutes. I'm going to wrap it up. Those are just a few of the main cat holiday hazards that I have seen in practice. And just so you know, on Edna is not a real person. I just made that up. If you are on Edna, I'm sorry. <laughs> not meant to offend you. It could have easily been Aunt Mary or Aunt Linda. So um, as always, you can get a hold of us at the Marshall Animal Clinic, 507-537-1537, by call or text, or you can email us at macclientportal at marshallanimalclinic.com. Nope, that's wrong. macclientportal at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, marshallanimalclinic.com. Thanks. Have a great week. <laughs>